The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic to cosplay to Schitt's Creek to Supernatural and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to this week's pop culture and fandom news. And I have with me Carla from Bedwetter Behead, my only person today. My only person. You're my only person. (laughs) That's how special you are to me, Carla. Wow, Erin. I feel so special. Uh, And if you didn't know, and I I didn't tell Carla this in advance because I want to see her face because we did a recording for our Patreon that will be out right now when you're listening to this. Please go become a Patreon supporter. We've got a bunch of cool stuff coming up, but we did a Winchester's episode, and that was with Paula and Meg, and I introduced them and announced how many nominations they had received for our first ever Fandom Choice Awards, and I just loved watching their faces. So, Carla has a total of 28 nominations. (laughs) What?! Yeah. Oh my god. I didn't know that my mom got the did she hack you? My your mom. <laughs> did my mom hack you, Aaron? Is that what's going on? She oh. hacked the nominee thing. The, the thank you list. to thank you to my mom and the three other people who nominated me. The three others. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Thank you to everybody who nominated me. I feel like super excited. I that I have no words. I'm just very excited. Thank you so much to the 28 nomination givers. <laughs> the 28 nomination givers. I like that. <laughs> Nominatorios, if you will. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if you haven't voted yet, you have until February 12th to get those votes in. So if you want Carla to sweep and, well, she can't win all of those, honestly, because some of them she... She's a multiple nominee in various categories, so she can't win all 28. But if you want her to win the majority of them, go to the link in our show notes and vote for your favorites. So Yes, on. because I can't sweep and I also don't sweep. So it just does not work for me. But do vote for as many of me's as you can. As many of me's. Me's. <laughs> yes. So including her Christian Bale impression, that is also one of the nominees. So at some point, I will be asking Christian his thoughts on that, probably on our next episode, Vice. So stay tuned for listening to, for listening, for hearing (laughs) those. And I know we had one of our patrons who also came up with the name Phantom Choice Awards, Ellen. She did say during our nominee 
nomination ceremony when we announced our nominees, she was like, there better be an instance where we see Christian Bale as part of like something during this. So <laughs> it is a requirement now, Carla. Now you have heard this. <laughs> well, you know, I can't disappoint the fans. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, so far, I haven't calculated all of them, but I think Carla has the most, but I'm not positive yet. I will announce that at some point. So, yes. But let's get into what we're into this week. So, Carla, what is floating your boat? Well, Erin, what is floating my boat this week? I finished the book Shipwrecked by Olivia Dade. It's the third in her series about this group of actors in a fake TV show, kind of like um, Game of Thrones, but it's called The Gods of the Gates. And the the great thing about the series is, is that it, they're all romance novels and they're, they all feature fat women. And in this last book, it's not only a fat woman, but also the man is also fat. Whereas the other two books had like these conventionally attractive washboard uh, actor dudes. And it's, they're all great. They're all really sweet and hilarious and super sexy and great, great books. So even if you're not necessarily um, a romance fan, they're really well written. I mean, not the romance isn't generally well, well written, but I, I think that you'll still enjoy them even if you're not typically a romance fan. And she, she writes kind of specifically for the, the fandom community, people who, who like cons and who like um, cosplay and fanfic and are just, you'll see so many terms in there that you'll recognize and you feel really seen because of it. For me, my favorite of the three books was the second one. Um, the first one is spoiler alert. The second is all the feels. The third one is shipwrecked. And for me, all the feels is my personal favorite. I think it, it, it uh, it's in part because it has a lot to do with fanfic. So that's definitely my cup of tea. But it, it's a great book. And I, I really encourage people who don't normally give romance a chance to check it out. Awesome. And I do love, I have to say that I said floating your boat and you said shipwrecked. And I honestly did not know that's what Carla was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, in this case, nothing's floating my boat because it just crashed ashore. <laughs> The rocking waves of the Aegean Sea. <laughs> well, what I'm into is there's a new horror queen that has emerged, and that's Megan. Megan is so much fun. I'm sorry, I have to correct you. It's Mthregan. <laughs> <laughs> but they do pronounce it Megan in the movie. <laughs> okay, I guess. <laughs> How weird that they mispronounce the name in their own movie. Uh, but... It, this one is, it's, it's just a ton of fun. And it's about a robotics engineer at a toy company builds a lifelike doll that begins to take on a life of its own. She's built this doll. She starts building this doll because, um, she ends up having to take in her niece, whose parents both in the very first scene you see, well, not the first scene. The first scene you see is this commercial for, that's absolutely hysterical. But then the first actual scene you see is, um, Katie who is played by Violet McGraw, and she is the niece of Gemma, played by Allison Williams, and she's in the car with her parents. They get into a horrible car 
crash. They both of the parents die. So then Katie is sent to live with her aunt, who really is not, doesn't know how to relate to not only kids, but people in general. She's much more into her creations and her AI stuff and everything like that. And so in order to help Katie deal with the loss of her parents and have like a friend, she creates Megan. And Megan takes her duty of being the protector of Katie to the next level. And she also has an amazing dance, which I'm sure you've seen the memes for, but it is incredible. It's kind of unmissable if, if, because Meg is never ever going to watch this movie, but I'm sure she has seen the, the dance. Yes, but she could watch this movie. I have to say, I mean, there is some bloody parts, but this is much more of a comedy. I don't think there's a thing, single thing scary about this movie. It's just, it really knows what it, what it's doing. It's laughing at itself. It is in on the joke. And they already have a sequel that's coming out. And normally I'm like, uh, but I actually think that's great for this one. I'm like, bring it on. Megan, quote unquote Megan, the Twitter account is in a Twitter feud with Chucky, the Chucky account. (laughs) 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 And it's awesome. (laughs) So, I mean, I mean, Megan even said, okay, boomer to one of Chucky's tweets. So, oh my God. It's it's really awesome, but some of the lines and some of the scenes are just so great. And I also want to point out one of the other people, Ronnie Chang, who plays David, who is the asshole boss of Gemma. He is so <laughs> he's so good and really kind of funny. And his encounter with Megan is part of that dance scene, and that's all I'm gonna say. And it's pretty, pretty <laughs> it's pretty awesome. So I highly, highly recommend Megan. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Okay, so Carla, I want to know what is tickling your fancy? I don't know if I want to use that word, but what has got you excited or angry right now in pop culture or fandom? Well, just so many things, Erin. Like, there is no shortage. (laughs) (laughs) I, I think what's really getting on my nerves is the constant con- uh, cancellations of crap. And like, there's no one specific thing that I'm annoyed about being canceled. It's just the absolute abundance of cancellations. Like, I mean, I, I didn't watch Gossip Girl personally, but I know a lot of people who did and it got canceled, even though it's been extremely successful for HBO Max. So you know, where, and I know HBO Max is canceling absolutely everything. They're, you know, they're cost cutting measures, which don't make any sense to me because they're cutting what's going to fund them. No sense. But they do that. Netflix does that. And beyond the streaming, you know, the perennial issue of networks canceling shows that 
either haven't found their audience yet, that they haven't given them a real chance, or that they don't give them the numbers that they want to see. And the problem with that is that, especially like after the first season of a show, if the show tanks, it tanks. But if a show is doing pretty well and is building up a fan base, especially when it's off the air, you let that grow. I mean, that's that's just my opinion. And this is why we end up with so many cookie cutter things that end up taking off because in a way, it's almost like, why am I going to bother getting invested with something new and fresh from a from a, a different point of view when you're going to cancel it and put on yet another Chicago hope kind of thing? You know, like, what is the point? Like, it, it's really annoying seeing 50 different versions of Law and Order, 50 different, different versions of ER for no good reason. And I, I feel like, well, I don't feel like it's it's kind of demonstrably true that most of the things that end up being canceled are shows that show any kind of diversity. So, you know, all of the, the, there's a, there's some congratulatory pats on the back after the George Floyd inspired movement a couple of years ago, where they're hiring black writers and directors and actors up and down and left and right. That was a very temporary show of supposed support because those were the some of the first shows to to be thrown out. And it's 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 really disheartening to see that because these are a lot a lot of really great shows just disappeared. And also movies, because the the Batgirl movie Mm-hmm. was kind of done like i think they only had like yeah, a little bit of editing to go mm-hmm. and they shelved it yep people were excited about it but you know Batgirl was black and oh no we can't have that in the meantime we can have you know 30 more spider-man and batman and, and superman iterations but you know so like that's my fodder for absolute rage this week. Yeah, and sometime during one of these episodes we'll have to talk about what's happening at HBO Max because that's all because of who, you know, an organization that came in, be part of Discovery and all this stuff and took over. And the other part that is in, that uh, would be good to examine there is the fact that we don't have a lot of physical media anymore. So everything, because it's on streaming... And if you don't have like a DVD or anything like that, and they've been pulling stuff like just overnight and you just like they pulled a bunch of like Looney Tunes cartoons and stuff the other day and they just pull them and people don't know. And if you don't have like a, you know, if you don't have physical media for that or for a lot of other things that were on there that there weren't physical media versions of it, they're gone forever. It's just like gone. And that is incredibly sad for Yeah, I mean, it's it's erasing – it raises the work of so many people, yeah. you know, like whether it's been beloved for years or whether people were just discovering it, it's gone. Yeah. It's gone and there's no way to access it. They're not planning on releasing DVDs or anything. So it's like, sorry, you're out of luck. And what the hell is that? Yeah. And you can look at that too with like, with even with like Netflix and some of those things, like a lot of those things you can't get 
on physical media. It's like, it's very hard to do that now. And that used to be the thing. And while streaming is such a convenience and all of that stuff, there is that side to it where it's like, if if you don't have that physical part of it, what happens like 20 years from now and all of that is just gone. It's just, it's just so sad. And especially with like the case with like in the case of Batgirl, gone forever and no one will ever see. No one is ever going to see that unless someone snuck out a copy of it and will pirate it somehow so that people can see it. I hope somebody does. Yeah, that's the only way it'll happen because all of that hard work, everybody was looking forward to that and it's all just gone. It's just, it's disgusting. And, you know, also when we talked about like the Golden Globes last week and how Yes, they were awarding, they had more diverse awards and stuff, but that's only going to be probably be for this time. It's that thing of like, we will do this for one little second, so you maybe will forget it when we stop doing it again, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah. Next year, they're going to go back to Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, and it'll be like nothing ever happened this year. Yeah, or Ricky Gervais. Oh, God. (laughs) I mean, oh, yeah, that guy, too. That's my guess, actually, of who they want to go back him. to. I just can't stand him. <laughs> I think that's who they're going to try and go back to. Is someone like that? So it's like, yeah, oh, and it'll be the same thing with the nominees, like the nominees. Yes, and the winners will be overwhelmingly white again. Yes, because they've done their duty for this year. Like mm-hmm. we're set for the next fifteen twenty. Yes, so that's that's the way a lot of that works. I mean, it works. It's the same with all a lot of those award shows, not just. The Golden Globes, of course. But because the Golden Globes were called out so much, you know, they're, you know. So, yeah, it's it's just icky. It's like uh, when we recorded our Winchesters episode, we talked about that, how on the Winchesters, it's really kind of, I, I will say, one of the best parts of that show is there is, for the CW, there's a lot more diversity on there. And they actually have, like, a bisexual character. And so far, he's alive. And <laughs> it's like... What? <laughs> it's, it's really kind of... I mean, it's so sad to say how incredible that is, but it kind of is. And you keep, I keep waiting when I was watching it. I'm like, any moment now, half of these people are going to die because it's just too, too much diversity. We can't handle it. The CW is going to explode. So... But, you know. Yeah. I uh, mean, there's a a very popular TikTok, just a a bunch of pictures of the women of Supernatural. And a guy comes in and says, like, don't, you know, I forget exactly what he says, but he's pointing out that if you're a woman on Supernatural, like, don't get too comfortable because you're not going to stay there very long. Like the Winchester's uh, friends and family just get killed off anyway, but like the women really get it the worst. But that's, you know, they did let some women live, the white ones. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And that's why, you know, other than other than Mary and um, John's mom, and we haven't seen Mary's mom yet, but other than that, every single other woman, um, there's there's a black woman and then there's um, – is there, there more than one other woman? Maybe it's just the two women. And then the other woman is, is, is a person of color. So it's like, whoa, but I, you just keep expecting them to die. At least I do, <laughs> which is so sad that I expect that. But but that's what 
That's, that's just a supernatural way. Yes, and CW way, and you know. Yeah. And I mean, we can have the back row, but we're we can't have back row. Excuse me, but we can have whatever that stupid Misha Collins show. Sorry, that just looks so bad. Oh yeah, like Gotham, Gotham Knights. Some yeah, that's what it's called. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, seriously, looks, that looks so awful. I, I it, it honestly does. It's it makes me yeah, and I just uh uh-uh. no thank you. <laughs> Well, what I'm into is once again a trailer. I I will I promise I will try and <laughs> come up with something new next week. I'm like every week you're talking about a trailer era and I'm like, oh, "I'm so predictable." But um the trailer, the first big trailer for Scream 6 dropped and it looks really really good. I'm very excited about it. I will admit. <laughs> I know people are big fans of Scream from 2022. I just thought it was eh, so-so. That's why it wasn't on my top 10. So I will admit that kind of has me hesitating <laughs> a little bit. And also the big thing that has me hesitating, of course, is we don't have Nev Campbell in this one. And you want to know why we don't have Nev Campbell? Because they wouldn't flip and pay her what she's fucking worth. And they'll play the, they'll pay the men what they're <laughs> yes. over what they're worth, not what they're is worth. Is that not the most ridiculous thing? She made the franchise... Yes. And she's, you know, she she dared to ask for her due. And they're like, huh, no, we'll pass. Yeah. So now they're hanging everything on Jenna Ortega, who I hope doesn't get too comfortable with, with her place in the franchise. Because we've seen how they treat the women of the franchise. Yeah. And Gail is back, too. Gail is on there. But I, I have a feeling she's going to die. I don't know. That's my my guess on it. So we'll see. <laughs> but that that just is really upsetting to me. So I'm excited about the trailer, but I'm still like, this is not right. Even even though she wasn't, she was very much a supporting player in the last Scream, but that made sense because they're trying to do a new generation. But you still should have her there because she was really a really big part of that Scream 2022 in um, helping Tara, who's Jenna Ortega's character, helping her a lot. And so it's kind of weird to not have her there. And I guess they can make the excuse, well, they're in New York City now. So <laughs> that's not You're somewhere. right. And it's only 2023. <laughs> and we haven't invented ways to travel from one place to another within <laughs> six months. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's amazing. <laughs> Logistics, man. I get it. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Okay, well, we had a lot of stuff we were, Carla and I had a lot of stuff we were trying to decide for what fandom or pop culture topic we wanted to talk about. There were quite a few things to choose from. And maybe we will revisit the other things as well, like um, what's been happening with Britney Spears, the fact that so many people are tearing her down and everybody wanted to lift her up not too long ago, you know, or the fact that when they're talking about that, they're using words like manic episode and stuff like that and other ways to denigrate people with mental illnesses, frankly. 
Um, I'm not saying that she necessarily has them. I'm just saying that's when people use those words, a lot of times, sometimes they're using that as a way to denigrate people. And then also, of course, Alec Baldwin uh, was recently charged with, what was the exact charge? The manslaughter? Involuntary manslaughter. Thank you. Involuntary manslaughter for um, the death on the set of Rust. So that was another thing uh, to talk about safety. And like I saw a post from someone saying, you know what? um, Bullets don't kill CGI bullets. We're at that point. We can do that. So we don't need this stuff to happen. I thought we learned a lesson years ago with the crow, but hey. And but another big thing, and this kind of fits in with our unofficial mascot, Christian Bale, and all the many, many things he does to his body, you know, and he's even said sometimes that some of the things he does are were did was just nuts for like the machinist and all that stuff. Well, Robert Pattinson, um, in an article in Variety by Ethan Shan. Felt is calling out the insidious male body standards. I mean, he says at one point he ate only potatoes for two weeks, only potatoes to detox. And this potato thing, I the other day I was on, I don't know how I felt on some kind of TikTok haul or something where this is a big thing where people will take these potatoes with them and somehow potatoes are supposed to help you maintain weight. Oh, no, I know what it was. Somehow I got down a rabbit hole of Corey Feldman stuff. I do not know how this happened. And his wife is big on this. Like she takes potatoes everywhere she goes. And there's some doctor, I think, that started this. But anyway, he talks a lot about that. And, you know, the pressures of getting in shape for like Twilight and the Batman, of course. But, you know, there are body standards for men that it's not talked about that much. I know Zach Efron also not too long ago talked about that and his struggle with that. And you can see it's like men have to be, the movie stars have to be built, um, very toned. And a lot of that comes from not eating healthy. Men can have eating disorders too. And I don't think we talk about that very much, if at all, in society, because I don't think people think men can have those for some reason. So, Carla, what are your thoughts on what Robert Pattinson is talking about and the male Hollywood standard thing? You know, this isn't at all to discount the experiences that women have, because women definitely have more scrutiny in their bodies. But there, it, it does fly under the radar because men also have eating disorders and they also have these certain expectations of how they're supposed to look or, you know. And like I said... Men can get by with a lot more. Men are allowed to age more gracefully. Men are allowed to, quote unquote, let themselves go, whatever the hell that's supposed to mean. But you look at like Jason Momoa is is an example of this, where he is known for his ripped physique, especially in a movie like Aquaman. But that is done a very specific way where you're dehydrating yourself, where you're depriving yourself of, of a lot of of a balanced nutrition where you're working out to an excessive degree and the, the movie, you know, the shoot stops and then you go back to your regular diet and, and routine and the body's not going to stay the same, but people were just making fun of him for, for his body after the movie stopped. And I was like, Oh my God, he's, he got fat and all of this stuff. Um, Chris Pratt, the the worst Chris, but 
worth bringing up in this context because he, I mean, if you watched Parks and Rec as Andy, he was, you know, a cute chubby guy. And then he landed the part of Star-Lord in the Marvel movies for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. He got super ripped. And then in between movies, he doesn't necessarily stay at that same level of rippedness. But that's just his body being a normal body. You know, these expectations that these men are supposed to be this beefcake, super cut, six-pack abs. 24 seven is very unrealistic and it's very harmful and dangerous for the actors and also for people who model themselves after them or who want to, or who see that as, well, that's the only way that I will be taken seriously. And it's, it's, it's really, it's really awful. And we, you know, we, we were, you brought up Aaron Christian Bale, and when you look at all of the, the transformations that his body has gone through in his career, from the very, very low body weight in The Machinist up through The Fighter, his body in American Psycho and in the Batman movies, and then weight, gaining weight for Vice the way that he did, it's it's a huge stress to put in the body. Anytime that you're messing with your, your body and your metabolism and your, 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 your diet and everything, you're harming yourself. You're, you're causing harm to your body that you may not see right away. And you may not see it externally, but it can harm your organs. It can harm your heart, your cardiovascular system. You know, I, I understand that, directors and writers and producers have may have a certain actor in mind for this role, that role, whatever. But I think if it requires an actor to modify their body in such an extreme way, it's harmful and neglectful, dangerous and wrong to not only, not only allow an actor to go through that, but to force them to do it you know, to demand it from them. It's, they're participating in a harmful system just because the name will bring them money or because the, the actor is who they want. Um, there are plenty of thin, fat, middle-range actors out there. You know, if a, if a particular character calls for that particular physique, maybe examine why you absolutely demand that, that to stand by it. But to Robert Pattinson's point, it's whether you are trying to modify your body to fit a particular beauty standard or to fit a particular role, you're doing yourself a disservice by doing that. And that's true whether you're an actor, whether you're a model, whether you are trying to you know, um, whether you're a bridesmaid trying to fit into what your, you know, the bride, her vision for what her bridesmaids should look like. It's all, you know, like, what does, what does the person demanding this change from you? What do they really see of you as a human being? How much do they value you? And 
you know, hopefully we can learn to value ourselves a little bit more so that we're not bending to these demands that are so harmful. And all of these diets that are out there in Robert Patton's, uh, he points to like keto and that potato thing. And, you know, they're all designed to have a dramatic, quick effect. They're not designed to be healthy or sustainable. And yes, you, you may see some testimonials from people saying, oh, but this is working out for me long term and it's great. Not everybody is the same. Mm-hmm. You really need to think about the consequences of ex- of extreme diets over a perceived aesthetic goal that is not going to be worth causing yourself heart trouble or honestly, like if it causes you mild inconvenience, it's just not worth it. You know, like we should be doing what we can to promote our own, our own health whatever way that looks like, because every single person is different. Every metabolism is different. But yeah, like I said, women get it the the worst. So it's great to shine a light on it when it happens to women, but we also need to talk about how it happens to men. Yeah. And I mean, you know, and I, and I know, um, you know, personally, like there, you know, uh, there will be times when you look at a man's body and I've, lusted over men's bodies and done it on this podcast too. And those bodies may have been achieved in very unhealthy ways. So there is a role also where the consumer does play where, you know, we will consume that over something else. Like we'll be like, well, we want our Batman to look a specific way and we don't want our Batman to look, you know, even normal. So we may put, so we push that, like the audience isn't going to come and see that. But, you know, I would argue that depending on how a film is made and who is doing it, you might be surprised. People might be going and seeing that. We, You know, I think if we give it a chance, that may happen. But, you know, I think what happens with this, with actors and stuff like that, I think the reason people excuse so much of this is because they're like, well, this is your job. This is part of your job. Is your body is part of your job, the way your body looks and how you use your body. Well, that's part of your job. So you're going to just have to do it. You're just going to have to suck it up and do it. And it's a small price to pay. According, I'm not saying this is true, but it's a small price to pay to get that fame and fortune and to be making money and to be doing something you love. And woe is you that you have to be an actor and make money. But they are still human beings and the majority of actors don't make money too, frankly. So that's another thing to remember. The majority of actors are broke. So it's not like they're all millionaires. And think what that does to you psychologically, not just physically, but psychologically. Think what that does to you to feel like you are just um, a piece of meat, for lack of a better word there, but that your feelings don't matter. Your body is just for the consumer to consume any way they want to and for the producer to consume any way they want to. The director, the writer, all the people, the studios, everyone like that. And you don't have a choice in it. And it's not, you don't have a say in it. And in order for you to keep being successful, in order for you to achieve that status where you don't have to worry about money, you have to harm your body. I mean, just think about that. That's That takes a big toll psychologically. That's got to be very, very hard. And 
especially to read people, the reaction from people, the reaction from fans, the reaction from critics, the reaction, you know, the f- how many people did a laugh emoji on that article when it came out, that kind of stuff where people are like, oh, who cares? Or people do talk about that, like with like what you were saying with Jason Momoa, which, what? <laughs> I'm sorry, <but> what? <laughs> Like, you're telling me that this person is significantly less attractive because they don't have a six-pack? But but that's just because, like, Chris Pratt, Yeah. back before, you know, I learned more about who he was as a person. When when my knowledge of him was very shallow, I had a crush on him. (laughs) Me too. And this is back when he was on Parks and Rec, like, the early seasons when when he was, like, a chubby guy. Like, Seth Rogen is somebody that I've crushed over hugely. Like, People don't have to be skinny. They don't have to be buff to be attractive, mm-hmm. you know, but but we've backed ourselves into this corner where we think because we're taught to think that the only people worth our lust, worth our a- a- attraction points or whatever, have to fit into a certain mold. Mm-hmm. So, of course, Hollywood is going to do everything and not just Hollywood, but also the film world in general, television in general, um, people who use models, it's in their best interest to create a mold and have people adhere to it. Mm-hmm. And that's it. You know, and, you know, I think part of the reason why I was drawn to this particular topic too is that this is touched on in the, the book that I mentioned in Shipwrecked. The, the actor, like I mentioned, he's, he's, he's a, a heavy guy. He's fat. And the, um, it's no spoiler to say that the, that in the show that they're doing in the world of this, of these books, the producers want these two fat actors to lose weight. And it talks about, you know, like why the two actors would or wouldn't, um, the pro, the thought process behind it, the, you know, why should they? And it, it, it's it, it's a very interesting discussion that they have in the book. And between that and, and, you know, it's Christian Bale month. And Christian Bale has gone through a lot of really questionable body transformations. Yes. And and um, there's an interview, a little clip of an interview, and it's more like, you know, played off as a joke. But in in the realm of what we're talking about now, um, and they're asking him, and this is when he's doing interviews and press, like after Vice, or it's talking about Vice, and and uh, the interviewer is like, "Well, how did you lose all that weight?" Then he's like, "Well, you know, basically you're miserable and you're starving, and you just, you know." And he's saying it in this jokey manner, but you know that's probably what he did. And he's like, "You know, and you eat the scraps from your children," <laughs> and. It's joking, but it's not because I'm sure that's what he had to do. And, you know, he, when he did The Machinist, it was like, he he was, and the thing I will say, even though the director didn't stop him, the director did not ask him to do that. I will say that. But still, everybody was watching this man walk around who's basically like nothing. And he would like ask people to describe food in great detail to him. Talk about torturing yourself. And he said later on, I saw an interview with him, and he said, you know, when I was doing that, I really didn't think I achieved what I wanted to achieve. I didn't think I was thin enough. And he's like, now I look at that, I'm like, that is is nuts. That is just 
out there that is just ups- that I that was just I should not have done that. That was not healthy. But then he still continued to do it. So it's so sad to me because I'm like, you would think at a certain point he would have been like, no. And he doesn't, he's said before, I don't like working out. I'm not someone who works out. Before I did American Psycho, I never did any of that stuff. So it's, you know, and, and I think for someone like him, he takes his craft to an extreme. So he feels like he has to in order to prove something, in order to show that he's really great. And he doesn't need to do that. I mean, it's just not necessary. If a part calls for you to lose some weight because of the character, because it's essential to the character or something, I I don't know, maybe there may be some negotiations of, you know, let's try to find a healthier way to do this. Is there, you know, something like, it's just kind of, I don't know, you know, and, and even like, this is back to women, but Jennifer Lawrence, I'm not the biggest fan of her, but she recently said when she was doing Hunger Games, when that first happened, they were like, you need to lose weight. You need to lose weight. And she's heard that a lot. Honestly, she said that mm-hmm. a lot. But yeah. And the thing is, like, Jennifer Lawrence conventionally is very thin. Uh-huh. You know, like the, the, um, the average size for a woman in the US is like between 16 and 18, I think. So Jennifer Lawrence is skinny by those standards. But even Jennifer Lawrence is being asked to to lose weight. Mm-hmm. And that is absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, what you were saying earlier, if, if a role demands eventual weight loss, I okay, CGI can also be applied here. Yeah. Because, you know, um, Captain America, they didn't ask Chris Evans to become a shrimpy little dude yeah. <laughs> for the part that you CGI. And it worked out just fine. There are ways around it that don't require potentially harming somebody's entire health. Yes. And it's not necessary to get a great role out there. If you've got a great actor, it's not necessary to do that. It's just kind of, it's taxing on them and it's taking too much out of them. And, you know, I mean, and and I feel for people like like Robert Pattinson also because, you know, Robert Pattinson, honestly, I think is a terrific, amazing actor. What happened with Robert Pattinson is he got into these movies, the Twilight movies, and he doesn't even like those movies. <laughs> Sorry, Twilight fans, but he's not a big fan of those movies. And because he was in these movies, he got judged and pigeonholed as this actor that is like a dreamboat and a teen heartthrob. And so for an actor like that, it's I think even harder to get, I'm not, I mean, I mean, like poor white rich boy, but still at the same time, <laughs> it's hard for him to be taken seriously because he's pigeonholed in that and pigeonholed into that look. So if he wants to go and do something like that he did with the Safty brothers, this movie that all of a sudden the name is escaping me. And that was a little bit quote unquote dirtier and not as Hollywood. That's a big risk for him because then he'll, you know, people might not want to work with him because they'll be like, well, you're not fitting the image we have in our minds. And so then when he does something like the Batman, which if you've seen the Batman, it's very different than other Batman movies. It's very much like a film noir. So he's a very different. I do not like him as Bruce Wayne, but he, I like him as Batman, but I don't like his Bruce Wayne at all. But. <laughs> But I mean, it's just my my thing. He's too he's too broody. <laughs> he's too much of a broody like 
goth. I, I agree. He's a I goth. Agree. <laughs> I'm sorry, Robert, but this is just. But anyway, so I think he gets stuck and pigeonholed, and he's been pigeonholed since the Twilight movies, and I think that's another part that plays into that body image as well, too. So to 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 an extent, you know. Um, but we could talk about this a lot. Someday we'll have to do like an actual episode talking about body image in Hollywood and, you know, with women, like Carla said, it is a hundred times worse, but we just don't ever really, talk, we hardly ever talk about the male side of it. So I do think it's important to talk about that too. But we're going to go ahead and close out this episode. So Carla, sorry, I'm I, right when she's drinking water. <laughs> Where can they find you? And more importantly, where can they find your podcast? They can find my hydrated face. <laughs> <laughs> they can find my wonderful podcast, Bedwetter Behead, wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on um, Instagram at bed.wet.behead.pod, on Twitter at bedwetbeheadpod. On other social media, just look for Bedwood or Behead Podcast. We're probably there. We're probably not active. Follow us anyway. <laughs> because why not? Why not? Why not? Um, you can follow me and my art and my musings on um, Instagram at Carla Temis or my website, carlatemis.com. That's C-A-R-L-A-T-E-M-I-S.com. I was doing this with my hands <laughs> so with your hands not my fingers my hands <laughs> another easter egg so go <laughs> no while she while carla was giving her website i was using my i was <laughs> my hands never mind oh my gosh <laughs> you're just like using your various body parts erin i understand i will not deprive you the joy i gotta do something while other people are talking no <laughs> Whoa! I'm just kidding. <laughs> Do something. All right, Aaron. That sounded really bad. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> this is this is Aaron. I, I am still on Twitter, but I don't know why you want to follow me there because I don't do anything anymore there. Twitter depresses the hell out of me now. But if you want to, you can follow me at E April Beauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod. On Twitter at Fandom Thing Pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. On TikTok at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. Please, please go. He doesn't have to do any, any big body transformations. He just needs the hair. So go watch our audition, Christian Bale's audition for his dream picture playing John Bon Jovi. That's his dream role. So even if he says, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. He's Modesty, lying. yes, yeah. He's yes. he's a little bit embarrassed. He's like he's not embarrassed. He's a little shy about it. That's what it is. It's more he's shy. Yes, but go watch his amazing audition. You can find it on TikTok. You can find it on Instagram. You can find it on Twitter, and you can find it on our newsies. Which um, people? That's our most popular Christian Bale episode right now. And to the newsies fans out there, <laughs> we love you. <laughs> But yes, do you newsy lovers, you newsy lovers, you 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 lovers of that now I get recommended newsy th stuff all the time. It's really weird. But anyway, to the fans of that Carla and I just have different taste. It's fine that you love the movie. We hope you actually had fun listening to it and didn't get really sad and depressed and angry. So 
So yes. <laughs> and if you want to be a potential interview guest, feel free to reach out to us via our website. It's a fandomthingpod.com. Click the contact us button there and that'll shoot us an email. And on our next Christian Bale episode, we are almost done with Christian Bale month. And I am very sad about this, as I always am when this happens, because if I had the time, I'd just start a Christian Bale podcast. <laughs> Never be done. Um, <laughs> but we are going to be talking about Vice. And I have a feeling, we haven't recorded that, we're about to record it here in about 10 minutes, but I have a feeling this is going to be a very rageful podcast recording. You've been warned. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, perhaps. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I, I think it'll be a good conversation, though. I am actually looking forward to this one, even though I think it will be rage-inducing. Watching the movie is rage-inducing, so, you know... <laughs> But until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. Black Lives Matter and Stop Asian Hate. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.